The following podcast may contain strong language and is only suitable for cool children. Nerds. Welcome back to the Better Live Podcast, everybody. My name is Sarah Smith, former congressional candidate from Washington's 9th District. That's Washington State, the big Washington, as I like to refer to it. And I am sitting around with my co-hosts, Troy, Corn, and Bill. And we have a great episode ahead of us today. Uh, so I know last time we mentioned we were going to have Sheree, who was a local candidate. She's going to be on our next episode just because of some scheduling stuff. We love her a lot. You guys are going to have a great time listening to our interview with her. She's fantastic. So today we are going to be covering a number of topics. Um, we've got some local stuff about our uh, about our, our North Door neighbors who had some great stuff happen in their county. Um, some amazing things happened in Nepal that I can't wait to talk about. Mm. Um, and then we're going to get into our big news breakdown where we talk a little bit more about the what's happening at Riot Games. And if you haven't heard, you're going to find out. We're going to talk a little bit more about forced arbitration and why that's relevant to this story. And then during our discussion segment, we're going to talk about a local festival here in Seattle called Crosscut Fest. So Crosscut is a major progressive news outlet. They're amazing. They do tons of good work incredible investigative journalism. They're amazing people. And I was actually a guest on a panel and I wanted to get more into the question that we were asked that I didn't feel like we really got to the heart of called what is socialism's role in America? And so I think that's a really important question that we need to, we, we really need to answer and we have the chance to do, to do that on this podcast. Well, and I want to jump in here. Oh, sorry. Are you, uh, I was just going to say, this is a big deal. Like your, your, uh, appearance at crosscut you were there with uh janet uh napolitano mm -hmm. am i saying that right name right um deray mckesson like there's big name folks in this biz uh crosscut's a big deal yeah crosscut is a it's a, a big thing it's a, a it's a kind of a huge thing up here so we're gonna explain a little bit more about that go into that topic tell you guys more about what the panel i was on was what it's got um and then for our palate cleanser we've got a really interesting we're playing a presidential version of chubby bunny and if you don't know what chubby bunny is it's when you try to stuff a bunch of marshmallows in your mouth at once and say chubby bunny Where and this time i summer camp everyone knows I, a lot of these you'll realize are things i, can't, I brought away from summer camp <laughs> But I wanted to make sure we're getting right into this. So, I mean, I guess let's get started. What the bleep? I'm going to start because I know nobody's tired of hearing my voice. <laughs> I demand more. <laughs> so there was a really cool thing that happened this week. A cool is, I guess, relative. But um, so the Indian Army was on a trek through the mountains in Nepal, and they came across these gigantic footprints that they believe are because of the Yeti. And I think this is kind of cool. Because the Yeti is like it's it's a an international myth. It's got international mythos. There's Nepalese myths. There's Taiwanese myths. There's myths in Pennsylvania. It's, what? It, yeah, I know the exotic land. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Squatch. My favorite of all Sylvanias. It's also <laughs> a brand of cooler promoted by Budweiser. It's oh. very important. See? Oh yeah. And yeah. that brand of cooler was recently spotted stomping through the snow. Um, but there's some. <laughs> There's a Killed downside, a just full of beer, just sloshing around, just a beer sloshing around, rolling down a mountain in Nepal. Um, but so they are super convinced the prints are gigantic. Uh, we're going to be posting some of them on my Twitter to explain a little more about that. Um, but there is a problem because there's a ton of people that have done extensive research. Apparently, you can have a job researching the Yeti, which I apparently signed up for the wrong industry. But uh, we, job. one of the guys that's a, a leader on it, Daniel something or other, Dan, Dan, oh, what's his face? Um, he <laughs> <laughs> he uh, says that what he view when he looks at these footprints, he sees 
bear prints and I thinks s- everyone is just dumb. But Okay, well, I saw the pictures and they're huge. Uh, I don't think right. it's a bear. It's I not mean, a bear. It's gigantic and distinct. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I, I saw it as well. And uh, because you know, Sarah had mentioned it, we we planned these shows, believe it or not. And um, <laughs> what? I know, right? And I looked at the picture. That's not a bear paw. That's not okay. That's a monster paw. <laughs> I am not intimately acquainted with bears, but I watched Grizzly Man, and that is not a bear paw. <laughs> I am not intimately familiar with bear. <laughs> no, and well, sometimes no, no. Um, uh, but that's not a bear paw. We'll put that up online, and you be the judge. So friend. the <laughs> there was a 2017 study that was used on him uh, on the, there was a study in 2017. This is only two years ago. There was a study done on the Himalayan Kieti using micro mitochondrial DNA sequencing oh. to examine 24 Yeti samples, including hair, bone, skin, and feces. His name is Charles Lundquist, and I was- The Yeti's <laughs> name is Charles? <laughs> the yeah. researcher's name oh. was Charles Lundquist. I was way off. There is no Daniel involved here. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, thinking of you... uh, the Yang Gang, right? <laughs> well, you, you know uh, Charles is short for Daniel. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's a nickname. But only in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's a family name. Uh, but so he, uh, I guess, took the samples back and said that they come from the Himalayan brown bear and black bear. And one of the tooth was from an it was one of the teeth was from an animal in the dog family. So uh, it's a dog bear. Yeah, dog bear. Maybe a yeti is a dog bear hybrid. Yeah, I think we cracked the code on this. And I mean, we both we all know that dogs exist and bears exist, and I mean this is a very plausible and plausible explanation. Here. Therefore, yeah. I mean, there's still no reason right now to believe that a yeti exists. Correct. I want to believe, except for the print. Excuse me. Well, I don't. I don't know. I've not seen. I all I've seen of you know particular religions are footprints in the sand, but I still believe. Yeah, I still. Be- I want to believe. So I guess this brings us to a very related topic for our next part of What the Bleep, because much like the Yeti, a local House representative was spotted at his county Democrats' uh, regular quarterly meeting, and Corn was there. She saw it. She yeah. bore she's, witness she's, to this myth to this mythical she's creature. A dead hunter. He came yeah. down from the mountains <laughs> and, <laughs> we're going all and over was the spotted metaphor, love it. by the Indian Army in the mountains of Nepal. Yes, please yeah, go. pretty much same thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Rick Larson. He is my representative for the second congressional district, um, and we were at the Snohomish County Democrats meeting, which is just north of Seattle. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a precinct committee officer there. So I get to vote on things. Um, I get to, you know, do all the meetings and all that good stuff. You, that's an elected position, right? Yeah, you had it to is. run and, and you've got some serious responsibilities as it relates to your. At, so at least one of us at this table was elected. Boom, self hey. <laughs> Yeah. And so in, in Washington state, it's called a precinct committee officer, but every state has this. It's basically a, an elected grassroots organizer for your neighborhood. For us, it's a precinct. Um, and so, um, yeah, I get to vote on endorsements, appointments, vacant positions. Yeah, in in Illinois, where I've done a little politicking, they're called precinct committeemen. Yeah, so they're, yeah. It, they're everywhere, and uh, there, I'm not sure about here, but there, 
they could either be appointed by the Democratic County Chair or elected. Right. And so you can do either. So I was elected, but also if your precinct doesn't have a precinct committee officer, um, you can go to your local party and basically get appointed by them. Um, And yeah, it's just it's a really good way to really get involved and have a say in your Mm -hmm. party. Um, It's really easy to look from the outside and be like, this is what's wrong. Um, But when you actually get to vote on those things, you can make a difference. I was going to say, Corn, you are the one that introduced that whole hidden network of leadership. I had not understood that that was even there. It is um, one of the things that I'm really excited about looking to the future of this whole process. Um, You know, we're we're headed towards 2020 and it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, If you want to make real change, get involved. Like how many, how many, um, uh, in our particular area and how this is set up and I'm, I'm certain it's different by, you know, uh, state, but what, uh, like how are, are all those positions full? No. So, um, for example, and I don't have the exact numbers, but in King County, it's about 800 precincts and we only have, I think it's like 200 of them are filled. So even if you just filled a hundred of those roles, you could make a huge impact in your local party. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's sometimes I think it's assembly persons in some states. It's delegates. Yeah. Delegates. Mm -hmm. It's a number of different things. Check your local Democratic Party and figure out what it is. But I mean, this all kind of circles back to like Rick Larson made an appearance. Yes. As our and so. Oh, so- yeah. You brought us right back. Sorry. I got <laughs> yeah. so interested yeah, in court and her leadership so powers. But so like, this, awesome. is, this is important because how many of us are in our state and in our district and we don't know who our representative is. And then when we find out, how often do we actually see them in the district? That was the number one thing that I got on the campaign trail was we haven't seen Adam here in forever. Thank God someone's challenging him because he's actually here now. But this whole missing your Congress people, your Congress people being missing. I get it. On the West Coast, it's a little different than the East Coast. We're a lot farther away. The flights are a lot farther. It's a lot more taxing. But you should at least show up and have a town hall regularly and allow people to come talk to you. That's your job. Your one job is to listen to people. That's your job. Just do it. Yeah. And so the reason why the piece, the precinct committee officer component goes into this. So Rick Larson, um, he's one of the few, um, I guess you could call them establishment Democrats. Um, that <gasps> he, he has previously not been endorsed by Snohomish County Democrats. And, really? and that's actually what? quite a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, and so um, if anybody's running against him, there's a really great opportunity to swipe that seat. Did they but, have a, a reason why they didn't endorse him? Or um, So basically, he's one of those people that he will not shift his views um and so that's where this this what the bleep comes in is so um someone asked him if he would be supporting um Pramila Jayapal's Medicare for All bill um and basically what he, he has talked to us about um Medicare for All single single payer before because it is endorsed by Snohomish County Democrats you know it's something that the base really does believe in in our area um and he has said I will never support Uh, Medicare for all. And so at this meeting, what he said is first he said, well, I'm co-sponsoring a bill that protects the the Affordable Care Act. And so I would ask, why isn't Pramila supporting my bill? Uh, like, this is not what? a quid pro quo. It's uh, not like you support me, I support you. Medicare for all. Listen, if you are a representative who has a dis- who's in a district where people are living, they are affected by Medicare for all. I don't give a shit about all these arguments that are like, oh, my district is different. No, it's not. 
People are sick and dying in your district. They need Medicare for all. They need the ability to not just go to the doctor, but engage in pre preventative medicine. Like, Amen. come on, man. And just to speak on the Affordable Care Act and his inability to move positions, I would almost guarantee if you go look at his donors, yep. he's got a lot of insurance oh, yeah. company donors. And yep. just to knock the ACA, like the ACA still left 20 million people uncovered. The Republican governors didn't expand ACA, the Medicare, the Medicaid expansion. So there were millions of people who never received care. There have been some studies that show even under ACA, there are still tens of thousands of people in this country that die every year because of lack of access to health care. So, Bill, that's and that leads me to my real big what the bleep, which is um, the part that really shocked me that he said, you know, I knew that he wasn't going to support it. it. It sucks, but that's what he's done. Um, but he said the only reason the Affordable Care Act does not work is because of Donald Trump. And that was just so disappointing to hear. And disconnected. And disconnected. And it may, I just, I was like, is he full of it or d does he just not care? Like, so I there's don't. this general belief among a lot of establishment Democrats that they think they can spin the Trump presidency as a one off, as if these problems haven't been building up for the last four decades. So that's one interpretation. Right. And so um, if you believe in Medicare for all, we just had our first hearing actually um, in D.C. So Woo! be sure to call your representatives. Let them know that this is something that matters to all Americans, not just in the progressive Seattle, but everywhere. Um, it, it's people are dying. And so we need to act on this. Absolutely. And I mean, this is I know we talk about local stuff, but this one moment of our District 2 representative finally showing up and then refusing to budge. This is the story of so many districts across the country. Take a look. Find out from your district. Does your representative believe in Medicare for all? Are they going to move on Medicare for all? Are they going to be a part of it? We're fortunate in the ninth that we leaned and put enough pressure that Adam is actually a supporter of it. So thank goodness. But we haven't seen Hyde nor Dale of Kim Schreier in the eighth who we fought to elect to Ooh. that position. Uh, we haven't seen Hyde nor Dale of a ton of different representatives. And that's not just in Washington state. That's nationwide who are not giving Medicare for all the gravity that it deserves. And I hate to be this person, but you guys, it is time for the big news breakdown. <laughs> so big news breakdown time. And we always laugh because like, we're like, it's fun to make noise. But at the same time, it's also really depressing because this is a super sad one. Is it? Um, yeah. So there is, um, we've got Riot Games that are, they're a gaming company, a game corporation. I think they're based out of California. They are based out of California. Yep. Troy, this is Troy's job. So I always look at him to give me the key on whether or not I'm correct. Um, so forced arbitration is basically a thing that, um, to, I'm going to start with the definition that we can kind of talk about Riot Games a little bit. And then yeah. I want, so I want to do two things actually. So I want to start with forced arbitration. I want to talk a little bit about what it means. I want to give you guys some case examples so you can actually hear what forced arbitration sounds like in the court system. And then I want to talk about it with Riot Games. And that sounds like a lot, but I promise I'll go fast. I talk yeah, yeah. really quick. So just slow. I want to throw if, in some some metrics when we get in there to talk yeah. about exactly how big Riot But this is. is this is important. Riot Games, they, their employees had a walkout to support the end of forced arbitration. Forced arbitration makes it so that a company that requires, it can require, here's the, cra the crazy part, a consumer or employee 
to submit any dispute that may arise to binding arbitration, that's judicial binding arbitration, as a condition of both their employment or buying a product or service, the employee or consumer is required to waive their right to sue, to participate in a class action lawsuit, or to appeal. They are literally forcing you to get rid of your voice if the company does something wrong. And with Riot, this is such a big deal because it's deeply affecting things like sexual harassment and sexual assault within the company. So I know Troy wants to get into it, but... uh, Well, I wanted to ask actually, so what's interesting is the notion that this applies to consumers, that relationship is ridiculous. And we'll get into that, but Riot, wow, the stuff... Oh, uh, they have. So Riot creates a video game that is wildly, wildly popular um, across the globe. And that game. So when you think about people that play games, there are active users. Uh, those are people who are actively paying, playing. They're in the game. They're doing the thing. One hundred million Whoa. That's a lot. That people are paying. That's at least a million a hundred times. That is like, I don't even, yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, that right currently takes in about 200 million in annual revenue. Ooh. Revenue. That's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, um, so they've got uh, about a hundred, or actually a thousand employees. Um, they're in Dublin, Istanbul, Moscow. Um, St. Louis, Seoul, Sydney, uh, California. Um, it's a big, big company that can afford to do things like treat their employees well. Yeah. And this is a big deal because, and I know a lot of folks think, oh, it's just gaming. It's just Riot, right? Like it's just one industry. Here's the problem. Forced arbitration clauses are in so many employment contracts. And let me read to you guys a couple cases that got thrown out of the U.S. Supreme Court because it's um, it's kind of intense. So I'll start with the first one and I'm going to go into the second one. I almost don't even need the second one because the first one's so egregious. But let's go ahead and go to this anyway. And I laugh not because it's funny. I laugh because what the hell else do you Because it hurts. Yeah. Because it's pain. Sad clown. Gallows humor. <laughs> <laughs> So in 2011 and then again in 2013, the United United States Supreme Court ruled that corporations can strip people of their constitutional right to civil jury trial and force them into private, corporate-controlled arbitration systems to resolve disputes. The court also said that companies have the unilateral right to ban class action lawsuits by inserting class action, quote unquote, waivers into these arbitration clauses. And that's super disgusting. Um, But I also want to read you guys another case that was actually ruled on. So this is just a ruling about forced arbitration. Here's how it actually affected a person in the world. And I think this is important because when we have these big concepts, understanding how they affect real normal people is important. So in Dagnan versus St. John's Military School, a father brought a civil lawsuit after his son had been sexually assaulted and stalked at boarding school by another student when he was 12. And this happened in 2016. So he argued that St. John's was on notice of the perpetrator's strange behavior towards the child, knew of other incidents of physical and sexual assaults on other students on campus, and breached its duty to protect them. 
So the specific claims that he was filing included negligent supervision, intentional failure to supervise, negligent infliction of emotional distress, violation of the Tennessee Tennessee Consumer Protection Act, and conspiracy. The school and its endowment, and endowments are um, individuals who, or or they're basically um, foundations that give shitloads of money to to schools and private entities and things like that. So. The school and its endowment sought to compel arbitration, citing an enrollment contract entered into by the father and binding on both parent and child under its terms that contained an arbitration clause. The court found that the arbitration agreement was valid and enforceable and ordered all claims into arbitration. That is is what forced arbitration looks like in the real world and employers do it to their employees. Every day. Sounds like anti-freedom to me. Woo, where'd my First Amendment go? Well, and that's the thing. It's, you know, it's not just jobs. It's you're going to school. It's you're signing an agreement for downloading music. It's anything. And it it's you don't have a choice, but they think they're like, oh, we're giving you the choice. Click yes. But am I supposed to not have a job? Am I supposed to not go to the school? Like, it's not a choice. So absolutely this false choice clause. I hate it. And we do this with policy all the time. We make people choose. Do you want to have your cancer treated or do you want to keep your savings in your home? Right. Or, or we've done something to you, but the process of you filling out your paperwork um, when you're in the hospital or when you have, uh, interestingly enough, you have registered your product with a company like they want you to do often and uh which happens a lot with things like laptops and peripherals mm-hmm. for your computer but i'm looking at um microsoft's arbitration and dispute resolution for consumers <laughs> when a customer has a dispute about microsoft software devices or services microsoft wants to resolve it quickly and fairly <laughs> We've added informal dispute resolution and binding arbitration clauses to many of our agreements and warranties for customers who live in the United States. And essentially what they're saying is, hey, an impartial arbitrator near where you live. That we chose as a that company. That we chose. Um, who if, is impartial but chosen by us. If you prefer, because they'll say, you can take us to court or you can have a speedier resolution with us. They are basically saying that uh and other people are don't get that opt-in like they register their stuff and they're just immediately or they click agree on the terms of service stuff and that's why you saw a big shift in what was going on in europe with the um gdpr the privacy stuff that kind of rocked the internet um even though they knew it was coming for eight years uh but uh you're seeing that move because the legal language just got bigger and bloated and no one knew what it meant so and you might ask, how how do we get here? Well, Terry Gerstein in, uh, from Slate uh, has an article titled Forced Arbitration is uh, Unjust and Deeply Unpopular. Can Congress End It? And what Terry explains is that <clears throat> um, we got here by... by Congress passing the Federal Arbitration Act in 1925. And there was an underlying assumption uh, when this was passed. Uh, I mean, so she reports, I mean, I don't believe it. I think that, you know, there've always been these imbalances in our society. Uh, But there was this assumption that that these agreements were kind of consciously and affirmatively negotiated by parties of roughly equal bargaining power and actually agreed upon in in a meaningful sense. Yeah. If anyone thinks that the modern American worker has 
equal bargaining power with their $100 million a year, $200 million a year, or Amazon. They, they, they make more negative money and not paying taxes than most of these other That is absolutely true. Well, here's another thing I want to add to this. Um, uh, so if you... You're using the Connect from Microsoft, yeah, and they and you let something horrible happen. So you get electrocuted, something you know weird. You break a limb or or whatever, or your privacy is in, invaded, and you're you know all over the internet. Um, to I get, saw Paranormal Activity three. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a I rest my case. There's yeah, and you should actually take them to court as well <laughs> for having to watch that movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is a listen to this. If you want to do the arbitration, that's after after 60 days of not of no resolution informally, then you are forced to go into arbitration. And what you have to do is download a paper form, fill it out, copy it, and then you have to um, send your check or money order for two hundred dollars to the American Arbitration Association. And they're located in New Jersey. <laughs> and then they'll help arbitrate your case so you get to pay that's essentially you so, know yeah the privilege of, of paying yeah. yeah the privilege of paying for whatever happened to you you got connected mm. and um yeah i mean it sounds really great um plus you also have to have windows installed i mean you know uh, microsoft products installed to you know download and fill out the form and, so. hit, and hit yes on all the terms of service <laughs> yeah. and one of the so one of the questions that we've that we've talked about as a, a group kind of is is there anything Congress can do? And that, I think, is a really important question because Congress already has done something. In 2002, they made it illegal in the auto industry to do this. All they have to do is make that ban national for every corporation. And look, I I understand, you know, there's a lot of different sides of the aisle. As much as we only think there's two, there's actually like 50. Um, but I think we can all come together on something. If we are, whether or not we're employed by a corporation does not rob us of our ability to speak freely. It doesn't rob us of our ability to be victims of crimes committed by our corporations. And remedy. And it doesn't rob us of our, our right to go to court and be heard and have our day in front of a judge. Yeah. And just to be clear, I mean, this isn't just about oh, I don't like my working conditions or I, you know, I didn't like the way a product worked or like it, it, it had weird issues. Like this is about sexual assault. This is about harassment. This is shame. It's in it's the workplace. yeah. Ex like these are real abuse. And it's creating a system where people's voices can't be heard. And Sarah, I, I kind of have a question. Like, why don't they just pass it now? Oh, Why don't they just ban it now? That's a great question. Now that the Democrats have control of the House, is that what the question yeah, is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they like, could. I mean, but they are these these. There's a lot of Democrats that are not as as out in front like AOC or like Ayanna Presley. Who but are what's what's the disconnect there? Is it is Ooh. it is it possible that the owners of these companies and these companies as entities? donate to these political candidates? Well, I was it is just going to say, the problem <laughs> is, is if you look at their donor list, they don't go through this stuff. They don't fight to enforce arbitration because these are the same corporations that are propping up these elected officials who are somehow multimillionaires hey, each one based of off these, of donations. Each one of these officials have said, like, for instance, local uh, candidates for Congress here uh, in Seattle and um, all across the nation that money does not impact or influence. 
Well, and that's the thing, you know, obviously there's some differences between red and blue, um, but where there are similarities is the inaction. And yeah. that's what these businesses are buying. They have the same donors and maybe they're, they have different things that they stand for, but they're, they're not doing anything about the same things. Listen to you just speaking truth to power. That's legit. That is absolutely because mm -hmm. you aren't then pinned to a thing that you didn't you, that you did do. You're just silent about it. Right. Um, and complacent. Uh, but I want to say this real quick. In fairness, Microsoft will reimburse you for your $200 filing fee oh. if your claim <laughs> okay. is for $75,000 or less. Okay. Uh, I'd I, I just like to see how many people take them up on that. <laughs> well, yeah. Very reasonable approach. Yeah. Thank you, Microsoft. And yeah. I mean, you know, we come, we circle back to that, to that one quote, he who is silent sides with the oppressor. Like, he who is silent in times of injustice sides with the oppressor. He who smelt a delta. Exactly. <laughs> but this is Congress. If you are silent because you're worried about your donors, congratulations, you're now on the wrong side. But that about, oh, that was so intense. I feel so intense I about this. <laughs> I want to end on that. Well, serious. That's why I, I kind of tried to, you know, uh, lighten the mood up with some fart jokes. But it just <laughs> it's important. And, you know, the thing is, you have signed one of these. Yeah. Check, check your paperwork. Check your paperwork. Check your paperwork. And they are, going to, they are going to use subversive language like mediation, court appointed mediator. Friend making problem solutions. Yes. Court based <laughs> problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. Court free. <laughs> yeah. Court free problem solving. But yeah. make no mistake. These are arbitrators who are chosen by your corporation to come in and do this. These are bought and paid for judges that your corporation has chosen that are going to side with your corporation. And it doesn't matter if you were assaulted. It doesn't matter if you were raped. It doesn't matter if you had someone spill hot coffee on you in front of the copier. You are going to lose because they have already come in deciding your corporation wins. And they'll say something like the law is the law. Oh yes, yeah, they love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, well, here's the other do. thing too. They will come in and and, and make it so companies are doing forced arbitration to save money. Yes. That's it. They want to stay out of court and that's why they do this. Um in the cases of Microsoft, you're paying for the service. Um and but you get reimbursed. Um Thank God. Yeah, cuz you know, everybody has 200 bucks to, you know, sit on forever. Um but the the reality is even if we can't say, you know, there's some sort of uh, certification for arbitration that they're fair and they're doing the thing and we're certified, they exist to disenfranchise. Yep. And so connected to that. So I don't know a lot about this, but Riot had a walkout this week. Correct? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Well, so they had 150 people that walked out. Um, and, uh, I, you know, at first, so uh, for the folks who don't know, I'm an online community manager and I am a uh, person who. Uh, so essentially what that means is strategic communications and, you know, uh, accidental lying and then making up for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Riot walkout is reflective of a real like 150 people of a thousand or a, yeah of a thousand um with massive support from within the industry mm -hmm. was arranged we didn't know that when we did the last show that this was that they were doing a walkout mm -hmm. we found out uh before it happened um but uh the reality is that is something pretty crucial um that action that sort of collective gathering of uh people who work in a particular industry um it wasn't just women uh it was it was a show, it was a super show of solidarity um uh, across disciplines in the company um make no mistake riot as well known legendarily for hiring very toxic personalities um a couple i know personally 
uh, and uh, I'm going through therapy to forget. Um, oh God! <laughs> and you know, people that have worked with me will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, forced farting and all that crazy stuff that went on. Um, that that's just the stuff that you find out about. I mean, on the tail of this, uh, on the end of this tale of going to therapy, this was a dark one. We went down a dark road. I was going to end on a positive note and say the players are like, I'll pay more for better great. games. Thank God. And I mean, it kind of it 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 is a good note for us to maybe wrap on that. And I know there's a lot of stuff everyone wants to say, so hopefully we all can have more conversation about that off the mic. But I want to make sure that we keep it going because our discussion is important. And I think our discussion is awesome. And so I, to give a little bit of background on what went down. So it was last weekend. I was so tired. I forget what weekend it was. It was the last weekend. Yeah. Um, there was the Crosscut Festival and Crosscut is uh they're a progressive news organization they're amazing they do great investigative journalism pieces they're really hard hitting they're really not afraid to go after difficult topics that most people are they're a local play they're a local outlet up here in seattle so if you're in the washington or king county or seattle area definitely follow crosscut on twitter and facebook because they really do some amazing journalist work but they host a yearly festival where they have a lot of people of import um Macklemore was there, DeRay McKesson, I think we mentioned a couple other guests, Pramila Jayapal was there. Um, it's a really, it's a big headline name National, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's national. Valerie it's a, Jarrett. It's a BFD. Yeah. And uh, little, it really is. little old me was asked if I want to participate on oh, a panel. You. Little old me. And uh, I sat in between um, Socialist City Council member Shama Sawant, who is well-known nationwide for her very strong socialist views and being on socialist. City Council. Yeah. She is a socialist and it is the thing that we all know about her. And then I was sat between uh, her and then Tina Podlodowski. And Ooh. for anybody that doesn't know, Tina Podlodowski is the elected chair of the Washington State Democratic Party. So in your state, this is a nationwide thing. This is where I bring up what's going on in your state. Every state has a statewide party. And those that party has elected positions that you get to vote on as a precinct committee officer, which is why it's so Important to get involved. Assembly person, delegate, whatever they call it. If you have the right to vote, you have the right to vote on who's your party chair. And your party chair is your gateway. They control things like data. They control things like your connection with the state, with the legislative districts or whatever you might call them in your state. Um, they control so much. And during the course of our campaign, we did run into a lot of friction with Tina Podlodowski. And I, I understand she is doing her job and I get it. And her job is to protect incumbents. I understand. I, I respect the work she's doing in Eastern Washington, fighting the good fight, trying to turn it from red to blue. It's really important work. But at the same time, it's it's made a lot of friction for us and for me and for the progressive movement in, in the Ninth District and the Democratic Party. So I wonder if friction is the right word. Is it more like wall? Like, are you trying to say she built a wall around voter data? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> so it's not she just wanted her. to keep us out. So the, the uh, county chairman of a party has control over what's called Vote Builder. Mm -hmm. Vote Builder is a uh, program that was designed by David Plouffe uh, during the 2008 Obama pro uh, campaign. And this just county part county chairmen have a lot of uh, control over that, and Vote Builder uh, allows uh, for 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 campaigns to target voters and uh, to to be much more efficient with the resources. 
And so that brings back in that precinct committee officer component. So uh, for your local party, if you're a precinct committee officer, you vote in the county chair. Um, and then those folks who represent you at the county level, they're the ones who are going to vote in that state chair. So it really does matter. And it does make an impact in terms of these progressive candidates and whether they're going to be getting support or not. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, myself, and then Tina and Shama, who are on this panel, and we discussed something that I thought was really important. We discussed the role of socialism in America. Do you want me to read the panel description real fast? Please. Socialism may ignite the ire of Republicans and many baby boomers, but it's gaining broad acceptance from millennials uh, with politicians like Alexandria, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders urging the country to adopt some of its tenets. We bring together uh, Seattle's Socialist Council member, the Democratic Socialist, who challenged veteran Democratic Representative Adam Smith and the state's Democratic Party chair to talk about what socialism is, what it isn't, and how we will play into the future of the Democratic Party. One of those is me. That's and and you. Just, just to kind of add a little clarity there, this was kind of framed and I was thinking, I think most people were thinking this was going to be more of an intellectual discussion about these kind of big ideas uh, around economics and politics. And Sarah can explain what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened, so what was supposed to happen is it was supposed to be a facilitated discussion about the role of socialism in America. And it turned into me and Shama trying to talk about the role of socialism in America And unfortunately, I felt like Tina, while she made a number of salient good points, wound up being extremely defensive of a lot of things we said. So one of the things that I like to point to and that was brought up to me multiple times by other people not associated with me or sitting on this podcast right now um, came up to me and said, why was she so she was so defensive every time like Democratic establishment is not an insult because every time me or Shama would say Democratic establishment, she would talk about how we're just taking ad hominems. We're just talking about her in a negative way. We're just talking shit. Using the and, phrase. But yeah. using the phrase democratic establishment. But here's the thing. If you believe that the term democratic establishment, which is a real thing, is an insult to you, maybe you need to step back and evaluate why that is and what you can do to fix that reputation. It, There's obviously a stigma associated with it. And so maybe we should address that stigma. Um, yeah. And so the reason why I think she kept bringing that up is, oh, you guys are name calling your name calling. Then you don't have to talk about the issues. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, she is the chair of the state Democratic Party. Um, so she is part of the Democratic establishment. And again, if that's a bad thing to her and that's name calling, then we need to address why that's the case. So that was ridiculous and was definitely a ploy to just uh, fog up the, com- the the dialogue. But I'll tell you this. Here's the real thing that infuriated me. She said multiple times, where are you? What are you doing? What, what was your, like, what's your contribution? So Sarah, you inspired a group of volunteers and you yourself, we were on picket lines. We are meeting with, uh, people of color and, uh, uh, other marginalized communities within the ninth district and beyond to support and help them connect. You are a, um, you're uh, working very closely with uh, brand new Congress, uh, with recruitment. Um, where is Tina? Like, I'm shocked that she would do that. And then Shama Sawant 
to say that, <laughs> right? where are you? She just launched like a workers initiative out of her office and is fighting for tenant protections and fighting for rent control. She literally has a bullhorn affixed to her hand. Yes, if you don't know what Shama Swan or Sarah Smith are doing, like where are you? Well, that's because they're busy doing stuff. <laughs> and just another example of like just a disconnect I think was made by Shama on the panel uh, when she said that, you know, she just didn't think Tina understood the gravity of the problems facing us. And I think the Democratic Party establishment at the current moment doesn't fully grasp the depth of the problems facing us at the current moment. Right. And so she was I, Bill and I, we went to several different panels that day. She was the only person that I saw that brought a a notepad of I'm assuming were notes of the things that she wanted to bring up. And when she went on the stage from the get go, she was basically being defensive. Um, and so I just I really got the idea that she she didn't care about having a discussion. She she came there to say, this is what the Democratic Party is doing. This is why you're wrong. And it just shows that, again, um, we're constantly blocked out from from being involved in these discussions and really talking about the issues. And they say, well, young people need to get involved. They need to do this. But then when we actually try to do that, we're told how we aren't showing up in the right places or we're doing it wrong or, well, the Democratic Party is already doing enough. Maybe if we are having Amazon not paying taxes or we're having people who are dying because they can't afford their health care, we aren't doing enough. Agreed. And I just want to say that is such an awesome point. The very fact that they will change the rules as young people start to engage and they'll be like, nope, move the goalpost. But this is a thing young people want to talk about, right? What is socialism's role in American politics? I was really excited to be on this panel because this question is important. And when we talk about socialism, so I want to give a couple of definitions. So there's the definition of socialism as we understand it in our civics book. Civics books tell you that socialism is the government controls the means of production. But it's so much more nuanced than that. Just like there's not one shade of like blonde hair or brown hair. There's not one shade of socialism. This is this is a a broad question, but socialism as our as our our parents' parents understood it is the red scare. It is this in it is this boogeyman hiding under your political bed is the thing that I kept saying on the panel because it's scary to think that the government is going to swoop in and take all your stuff. We get this these we conjure these images of ration lines and we conjure these images of after the it was the the Deutschmark that was devalued so much you had to carry bags of it and it was e- cheaper to burn it than to buy wood. That's what people try to conjure with this because that's all coming out of that red scare era. But we don't live in that red scare era. And young people, our experience with the system we have now is in 2008 when the housing market crashed and our parents lost their homes and we had to move and we couldn't graduate in the same class we grew up with. We couldn't find jobs in the economy when we left. It was too expensive for us to go to college, but we knew we had to do that anyway. What we did as a government is we gave socialism and tax dollars to the bankers that did that. And you know what they did with that money? They gave themselves bonuses. What do you expect them to do? They crashed the economy. You got to get a bonus. <laughs> they were that's like, oh, our, sorry. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's our experience with capitalism and socialism. When we think about it today, it co- it's the AOC style of, of socialism. It's democratic socialism. It's where a, a market can still exist. We want a capitalist market to exist, yeah. but we want it regulated in a way that makes sure that corporations and that boards of directors and that CEOs cannot take advantage of their workforce. We don't just want people to have a say in what 
what happens socially. We want them to have a say in what happens economically. Well, here's the deal. They're building these empires. They're building, they're amassing wealth that far surpasses the majority of human population, one individual. That is your money. You worked for that. Yeah. And the benefits of like universal health care or infrastructure or any of that stuff is yours. You're paying for it now. Well, and so here's the problem is that on paper, the Democratic Party, they support a lot of these things in their platform and agenda, um, you know, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, things like that. At le- in Washington state, at least, we have a very progressive platform, um, but there's a disconnect between what the people want and then what our representatives are doing. So folks like Tina Polidowski, um, you know, on paper, they say, well, we support all the same things as socialism. And so the, all those policies that you're talking about, those are democratic policies, not socialist policies. Let's act on them. Yeah. And just to kind of heighten or further elaborate on the disconnect and to hit on some points Troy just made, the U.S. is very rapidly um, uh, morphing into an oligarchy. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take on these oligarchs like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, private equity, these billionaires, if we don't take them on, we'll continue down this path. We'll continue to have the rich crush the poor and we'll continue to have bought off politicians pretending they don't see it. Yep. And so, um, you know, Tina, she talked about things like, what was it in 1952, the Democrats, mm-hmm. they did this and we've done all these yeah. things. And um, but in Washington state, we control the House and the Senate. Um, and we were promised that we were going to have tax reform in Washington state where we have the most regressive tax system in the country. Um, so we're considered a progressive state, but we are ranked 50th out of all 50 states. Um, and the Democrats haven't acted on this. And so that's where there's a problem and a disconnect. That's interesting. So can you, uh, Sarah, can you talk about the definition of a regressive tax system? Because some people are like, I don't get it. Oh, yes. So regressive taxation system. So everyone looks at Washington and sees, oh, you don't have an income tax. That's why you're so regressive. Yes, it is. Here's the thing. Texas also doesn't have an income tax. And Texas is less regressive than we are. Texas also has Ted Cruz slash the Zodiac Killer as a senator. Oh, that guy. So let's think about this for a minute. We have the same type of income tax, but we are the most regressive in the progressive city of, or the progressive state of Washington. And Texas is more progressive than we are with their taxation. So regressive means regressive means that we what we are doing is rather than taxing the wealthy, rather than taxing people making over one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, we are leveraging that tax burden onto the poor and working class. And how we do this because we elected our state representative in one of the most historically expensive state races in the country got them elected on and one of the linchpins of their foundation was that we would amend our state constitutions we could have an income tax on the ultra wealthy and focus on things like a capital gains tax so if you're just accruing money on stocks if you try to cash that out it allows you to make things like a capital gains tax if you're making money on money you didn't earn then you can do a capital gains tax which failed in the house by the way where the democrats control again Um, but here's the thing what we do when we have all these huge gaps in this public funding, we pass the buck onto the poor and the working class. And how we do that is we pro- we propose levies. 
tax levies where we basically say, oh, you pay an extra X amount in percentage every year or X amount of dollars every year, and it's going to amount to a million dollars in 10 years. But here's the thing. If you're already living paycheck to paycheck, you can ask someone to give you an extra 10 bucks a month, but that could be the difference between making rent and being homeless. And what that does is levies disproportionately affect the poor and working class. They force them farther from their families, farther from their jobs, kick senior citizens out of their homes. It forces working people to pick up that check that rich people have left behind. And so I grew up in rural Washington state. So an example of where the system is failing, um, the high school that I went to, we have asbestos in the in the ceilings. We have um, water that leaks out of the ceilings. We have computers that we've had, you know, since like 2003, where you have to print and it takes 20 minutes to print. And that was when I went to high school, you know, seven years ago. Um, Things haven't been updated. And the reason for that is every single year they put forth a levy and it fails Mm -hmm. because people in Port Angeles can't afford that. They they already can't afford their rent and they can't afford their health insurance. So they they're going to vote no on a levy. And then students have to continue to go to school in these environments that that aren't welcoming they end up skipping school and it's just it's a cycle yeah and i just wanted to kind of highlight one more thing on the the, the counter to a regressive tax is a progressive tax as sarah hit on and it's just saying hey billionaires you've got all this money and you really probably need to pay a whole lot more of it in taxes yep and the other thing is even with levies even uh in densely populated areas like seattle um it's not enough. The schools are not getting funded. People mm-hmm. are, uh, teachers are are putting notes out on buy nothing, asking for pads, papers, uh, basketballs. Uh, that's happening. That happened just yesterday on in Facebook. Uh, a school requiring Facebook to gather supplies that they need. That's ridiculous. But this brings us back to that question, right? What's the role of socialism in America? And we talk about things like regressive taxation, and and it's it's harder to see how this connects into that topic, right? What is the role of socialism in America? Yeah. But when you talk about things like taxing the billionaire class, taxing Wall Street, regulating Wall Street, we first shy away from this word tax because we're we're we have this this idea. Oh no, it's the government stealing my money. We have this emotional response. But no, what it is is it's making sure that we as a society are pooling our funds together to care for each other. And when we when we talk about these policies like Medicare for all that frees us of our health premiums every month. So not we're paying the tax, yes, to, to single payer, but we also are no longer paying for health insurance premiums. Yes, we're paying the tax if we want education for all, but we're also not paying our student loan programs or for our student loans every month. Uh, yes, we're we're paying for the new Green Deal, but we're also, you know, not driving cars. And we don't have car payments because we can take a train in public transit. These are policies that are their backbone is in socialism. Yep. It's making sure that we as a society take that word socialism at its root, which is social and society. We come together as a collective nation and take care of each other because a person in Nebraska is not worth less or does not deserve less than a person in Los Angeles or a person in New York City or a person in Michigan. People that are in rural towns don't deserve less than people in in metropolises. And socialism in these policies that are rooted in socialist rhetoric make sure that that care is given to everyone. I am a fan of democratic socialism because I want whoever you are, whether you're a farmer in Kansas, whether you are a, an, a receptionist at a firm in New York City, I want all of you 
to have more bang for your buck. If you're going to pay taxes, I want you to see what that can do to change your life. Not just sit there and listen to other people take all this money from you. No, I want you to see good roads, renewed downtowns, green energy, have clean air, be able to go to the doctor, go get an education. We're suffering in trades. I want you to be able to go get a trade degree. Yeah. That's why folks support socialist policies. And that's socialism's role in America today. And so, yeah, I think in my opinion, what socialism's role is, is we need, it's common sense legislation. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, is the Democratic Party going to embrace this or are they going to do what they've been doing now, which is these folks, people on the ground, they, they want to get involved. They want to pass common sense legislation, but the Democratic Party isn't representing us. So we're forced to go to different organizations. We're forced to, you know, start chapters of DSA and things like that because we're not feeling represented. And spin off in a hundred different groups that right. are all wanting resources. Right. And just just uh, as we are talking about reforming programs for people, yesterday Jeff Bezos is talking about building... Elysiums or something up in space for people. It's just I saw like that movie. Yeah. So, so so yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it's uh it's kind of like uh do we want our society to be human focused or do we want our society to be led by a delusional billionaire? I have a question about you that whole thing and just sorry, just to ask. Um, so is it put all the poor people and then ship them to Mars or is it well, you not rich see the movie Elysium where they actually, leave let, the poor let people? Let me clarify. Let me yeah. clarify. A billionaire who who is from a city whose company has gentrified that city and made 10,000 plus people homeless, 50,000 people plus mm-hmm. housing insecure is now so deluded in his own life that he's talking about putting a trillion people in space. I, okay. Please contact me if you believed what he said, because I want to I want to understand what people are thinking. Like how flat earthers are going to be really upset about this. (laughs) And so I think what, what the question is, is so in Washington state where we have Jeff Bezos, we have Bill Gates and these guys aren't paying the taxes that they need to. That's where that where socialism's role in American politics needs to be. Bingo. And that is a, uh, this is a really heavy episode. It's a good one. Gotcha. <laughs> it's a really good gotcha. one. Gotcha. We, yeah. we sucked you in with our first episode. You thought this was a fun podcast? Ha <laughs> We'll Buckle dance up. for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we talk about this stuff because it's, it's not accessible to a lot of people. It's not palatable. And it's complicated and weird. But at the same time, it's only complicated because all of these wealthy people who don't want you to tax, put a 70% marginal tax on them, make it sound, oh, it's so complicated complicated for you. Listen, regular people, you are fully capable of understanding what all this stuff means. This is not inaccessible to you. This is extremely accessible. Socialism helps us make that accessibility possible. But socialism also supports the exchange of ideas no matter your station. So if you listen and you hear something and you don't get it, you have a an an invitation to join our conversation um, and have a dialogue, challenge us and and ask the questions. Um, You will see as we talk about issues and we've done this, um, you know, over the better part of a year where we shift and change on ideas and, and concepts because we learn more or, and we engage more with people with, not necessarily diametrically opposed, but 
with a different take or a different viewpoint from their very valid life experience. And so engage, ask the questions, ask all the stupid questions, just leave the invective out of it. Let's get to work. Yeah. And that, I mean, you know, this has been a heavy podcast. And so I, I personally think we could use kind of like a lighthearted moment, right? Yes. All right. Sounds like it's time for the palate cleanser. Please. Oh, God. We need that. That was such a serious episode. It's too serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need to. Oh, I'm excited about this because really? I am going to get to help judge. All uh, right. So Troy can't eat marshmallows because he just really hates them. Which oh, is, no. But also I won the butter the, challenge. He was the victor oh. of the butter challenge. Yeah. And so as a prize, because we didn't think about prizes, uh, he gets to not put a whole marshmallow in his this mouth. This is a podcast. Candidate can't name. see my beautiful greasy crown that oh, I'm wearing right now. Literally made out of a fatberg from London. Yes, which is just baby wipes oh, and diaper. No. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's it. Put that marshmallow. Troy's gone. He leaves. in your marshmallow hole. All right, so these are huge. We are gonna. They're gigantic. They're jumbo jet puff marshmallows. Why does yours look a little off white? <laughs> I because I keep squishing them. As I am holding, I'm grabbing another new one. Yeah, yeah they're, my third you need a one. Fresh they're this actually is my third one. Yeah, they're actually called extra large marshmallows. They're there is no contest. reason for, for extra large exist? marshmallows. No, except America, Zero. I guess. Zero. Right. Yeah. Okay, ready, this everybody? This is late stage capitalism. Five, <laughs> four, God. three, two, one. Oh, I can't. <laughs> okay, this is no. I, I can't even. This is disgusting. Oh, no. You sound like a kidnap victim at, in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Okay, but that, we're done. We're, don't eat it. I can't. Oh. No, I don't like this. Bill left a bite impression. And no, corn, like you ate half. <laughs> but you left some lipstick on there. So there, that's, um, this Bill is. Bill is just like. Here's the, the mysteries of the that's universe sad. are contained. Bill, we, we strictly said don't juice it up. You all right? So I'm sorry. This is, yeah, no. It, Sarah literally had to get up from the table. I didn't want it around me and dispose. Uh. Uh, so, as you all cleanse your palate oh, from the God. palate cleanser, yeah, we're all silent because like there's marshmallow dust that gets left in your mouth. What is that? Marshmallow afterburn. You could actually see it on the camera. Oh God, no! That is so. You can actually see it on camera, well, and it's all wonderful. over my hands, and I'm like freshly showered, and I hate this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you're no. freshly marshmallowed. Now I am. A light dusting of um, marshmallow. So powder. we we definitely knew this was a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we prepared a plan B. Thank God. Plan B, which is not available in states like Georgia, by the way, so you should absolutely make sure you're fighting against that Georgia bill about abortion because yep. they, oh, fun fact, they decriminalize it even if you, or they criminalize it even if you go out of state. So you are yep. still held legally reliable even if you go to a state where it is legal if you're a resident of Georgia. And also in places where they can Which be basically says, I saw a good point on Twitter, a hat tip to, hat tip to the girl on Twitter who said it basically says you are a, a you are owned by the state because the state is able to dictate what you do. What or the even individual religious it. person who's dispensing yep. your medications can just say, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to need to counsel you to make sure that, yeah. And they tell you jet puff marshmallows can't be politicized. You're welcome. Uh, so we are <laughs> so we are going to be playing a game instead called uh, Psych. 
I forgot the name. Could uh, <laughs> be playing a game called Psych. Psych. Which is our backup plan, just in case marshmallows were terrible, which they were. Um, so we are. What it is is it's a game that you play on your phone. It's an app. It's done by the folks from Heads Up. And if you haven't played that game at a party, you are missing out. You really are. It's a lot of screaming pop culture references at people that don't get them. And I kind of want to play with Corn someday because she won't get the Star Wars one. So yeah, I want to play I don't know any or of them. the Harry Potter one. Now we did or... play this together, didn't we? On the campaign trail, we Not- did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of screaming. No, and there was there was like a video games one, and I'm like, I don't know these things. Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. To Pac Man. Yeah, to Pac Man. Tamagotchi. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this game is basically about um, lying to each other, which if you haven't figured out by now, we're all very good at. So we just mess with each other a lot. Uh, so you make up a false answer for a real fact that's listed in the top portion. And then if you think that people are going to believe it, even if you know the real one, you submit it. So you just want to get people to believe your lies. So we're going to be real quiet for a second, which is a segment we can cut. So we'll worry about that. Can we read the question? Oh, so is that a fact? Should we go around and read all of them? Are they all? Oh, so they're different oh, for each person? Different? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. It's about Illinois. Oh, mine too. Okay. So the fact, so the uh, game lists a fact and you have to make up another fact about it, right? Am I understanding correctly? Uh, You need to either go with what you know or make it so convincing that people are tricked. And And it says a water tower in Collinsville, Illinois doubles as the world's largest fill in the blank. Ah, yes. Hmm. Fill in the blank. A water tower. In Collinsville, Illinois. Oh, I submitted mine. Catch Same. up, nerds. Double, oh, <laughs> well, it's I guess Corn and I are rocking. It's fine. Bill. The women will just take charge and lead, just like we did that amazing movie, Hidden Figures. It's fine. Or yeah. just like you did, <laughs> just like you do every day. Hey. All right, pick the real answer. A water tower in Collinsville, Illinois, doubles as the world's largest a giant peach. <laughs> Cat, jump bottle, jumbo. Cats up. Cats, a uh, cat's up bottle. He says cats up. Sup. I think that's right just because of how it's spelled and now I'm upset. Cat right. sup, bottle. Because I'm jumbo like, none of us are that bad at this. Or Sel- a jumbo mallow. Cell phone tower, <laughs> fire hydrant. Hmm. Hmm. Y'all better pick. Hard. Y'all best be ready. Don't I'm at me. Ah, psych. Oh, Bill, you got me. Bill, Bill. you got me too. So you said, got me. I said fire hydrant. God damn. Yeah, because it's a it water thing. It was the I was right. God Wait, damn it, son of a what? birch. Nobody got it. <laughs> <It's> I like <laughs> it, The real answer was catch the bottle. Catch the bottle. Wait, so the biggest water tower is a ketchup bottle? Yeah, probably what? just shaped like a ketchup bottle. Is it? I think hey guys, the, hey guys. the inference is that it's shaped like a uh, ketchup bottle, I think. Who's got the most points? <laughs> I never I win games like this, so I have to just. Bill, Bill is, you're doing Bill good. Bill is winning. <laughs> Bill's like, what's the high score mean? I mean, like, <laughs> I always lose these types of games. Yeah, but here's what happens: Sarah like makes you think, you know, oh, here I am, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, right. and then you're like, wait a minute, how did I lose? Okay, guys, <laughs> I found it. Um, we'll post this. Oh, oh, it yeah. is shaped like a large pizza ah, bottle. Cool. It sort of like looks the glass like- ones. I, yeah. I think that could be old timey diner yeah. cats of bottle. The ones that you have to shake vigorously to but get anything out. I've heard if you like put your thumb on the like a, like a or whatever. Ketchup rocket. Oh, yeah. It's cats up condiment fashion. A cats up yeah. rocket. A condiment rocket. We're gonna do another rocket. round, or is yeah. that? Yeah. We're gonna do three rounds. I okay. Think three rounds. I like it. Yeah. Three rounds feels lead. good. Sarah, second place. Oh uh, boy. And watch out. Ugh. I always get that. 
It's <laughs> twice I'm burned. Or for some reason, you're in last line. place, but yeah, why? I'll swap with you. I don't know. Um, all right. So, waiting for other players to be ready. Waiting for corn Are to be ready. ready. Yes, I'm yes, ready. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So, is that a fact? We're about to make up a false answer for the statement. If you suffer from cold urticaria, you are nice. blank. Cold urticaria. Waiting on Sarah Smith. Largest catsup. Sarah Smith. I get it. I'm slower on this one. Thank you. I just like the tease you because you're not normally. Okay, we got him. Okay. You want me to do or you do? Okay. Pick the real answer. If you suffer from cold urticaria, you say, you are pre-hypothermic. Okay, a cadaver, warm-blooded, allergic to cold air, <laughs> an Inuit. Okay. I'm somewhere between annoyed and amazed at all of our amazing answers, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a tough. I'm like, I don't want to pick one, but these are really good. Screenshot. <laughs> yeah. Screenshot, check all of them. That's what I'm doing now. That's how I live my life. I know what it's not. I'm having a hard time here. Um, uh, I took an entire okay. course on like medical Dang. terminology and I did not retain it. Oh, I mean, Bill, Troy? again. That was me. Yeah, yeah. That was you. Yeah. yeah, It says, mine says, you're correct. Good for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what you I think you got a point. We got to play this game more answer? often. <laughs> I like one person. To, I thought allergic to cold air was you. And I was like, that's dumb, Bill. I was like, dumb. <laughs> who was an Inuit? Who put that? <laughs> ah, good. Yeah. I, I was like pre-hypothermic. I used the right and terminology. I, wow, Bill, six. Bill is Everyone else has butt one. right now. All right. One more round. It's our last round. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First, I think it. I think it'll tally the points. It did. Yeah. Well, no, we missed it. You beat it. I just and I and I actually said it's six to one, one, one. I actually don't. You wanted to see it to feel good. Yeah. So this feels like a biased answer. So I have I have a a bachelor's degree in classical studies, which is the study of Greek and Roman uh, history. Uh, I actually don't know the answer to this. So we are all on a level playing field. All right. Uh, was the go- Roman goddess of blank. It's actually, Clo- nope, never mind. Don't worry about it. Cloacina was the goddess of, never mind. From Cloacina the... was the Roman goddess of blank. Cloaca? Cloac- yes, of the Cloaca. That's, is that a thing from? Um, Birds. Yeah, the water movie. No. What was it? The Shape of Water? Is that a thing from The Shape of Water? The cloaca. There was a I, the shape a of water. Is, oh no, I was thinking of that other one. It's the weirdest um, sequel to Aquaman. <laughs> uh, I liked that one, but I I didn't care for the water mess. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fair. It's everywhere. Um, <laughs> the cloaca, if you're not familiar, is the combination of you birds use it to pee and poo. He got it wrong. It that is what the cloaca is, I believe. It's I don't know. What, what is the cloaca bill, please? I have no us. idea. Should I Google it? He's like, I'm a no. That's cheating. No, nope, I, I will not Google it. All right. So the choices <laughs> for Chloa, Chloa, Cloaca Cindy was the Roman goddess of chocolate food, weather, hatching eggs, birds, and sewers. <laughs> All right. How do you got of, of sewers? <laughs> the Roman sewers were very. I think everybody it a big deal. is it an yeah. insult to be a goddess of a sewer, or is to no, be I the god? You think it'd be like pick an answer, Troy? I can see for? which one we're waiting for, and it's you. Sewers, um, sewers do save lives. Yeah, dang, yeah, got it. Hate you. 
Got it. It was sewers. Oh, nice. Sewers were a BFD in Roman culture. Nice. They're still in operation today, actually. Wow. I psyched three. Nobody picked hatching eggs. That's where the cloaca poops out eggs. Now we're tied. I hate eggs. It's fine. What size score mean? Does that mean I win? I feel like we should do one more round because me and I Bill are tied. Yeah, I, oh, we got to do one more round. Yeah. Me and Bill. Okay. Also, Troy was kind of red. I do kind of sneak up. <laughs> it happens every time. It's called the rope a dope and you're the dope. So the next question, our tiebreaker question is the lighting and sound cables under the stage for a concert in Greenwich Park in London were laid by blank. Again, the lighting and sound cables under the stage for a concert in Greenwich Park in London were laid by blank. Collecting That's answers. So weird. We're waiting I don't on, know. Yeah. I have no clue. We're waiting on Bill. <laughs> waiting on Bill. Oh, here it is. Oh. Uh, yep. Oh. <laughs> I love these. Would you like to? Okay. Wow. It's you Good and job, Bill's. everybody. Uh, yeah. So. Good. Pick the real answer. Answers are a team of ferrets, Macklemore, John Lennon, daddies, and a grip. <laughs> this got very dirty very a grip, quickly. Like a, a grip. Best boy. Yeah, like on the film. Right? They were on films? Um, yeah. That feels I right. don't know. I feel like, like it is. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. Whatever. Just, <laughs> these are just a bunch of words. <laughs> on yeah. Corn. Corn services. <laughs> Corn is our country. Our country. Do you guys think it's Macklemore? Yeah. Yeah. Service. Sure. I do. I uh, think it's. Never forget the time that Mike Pence's page was hacked and uh, I was correct and you were all wrong. Bill, you <laughs> monster. It's fine. It was a team of ferrets. Wait, what? It was a team of ferrets. It was the weirdest uh, one. So what's I the score right ferrets. now? Really? I got I two. You I think so. Did I win? Yeah. I didn't get shit that I didn't get anything. Oh. Eight points. You know, Bill, I, seven. I claim daddy's I, in my heart. It's broken. I already did, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, as predicted, Sarah's <laughs> been <laughs> just set you up so that knock yeah, him yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah. I was like, I, I don't I got know, nobody I don't know in a still means, one, so I'm gonna choose Nerds. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that was a great. I like that game. We're gonna not bad. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's called Psych. Yeah, Sarah Smith, eight, Bill, seven, J, three. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, so I can't do people, anything. People don't That's know, okay. but Jay and I look identical. They yeah. do. Uh, Sarah Jay Smith's husband is very like short for Troy. Very upsetting. And corn one. Yeah, yeah. Cor- corn, corn one. Yeah, corn, corn, corn one. I, I'm the corn winner. One. The corniest. Yeah. Hey, can I end by saying everybody needs to go to the whole Washington.org website and that I also convinced the entire organization that um, Cassidy's name is really C. Assidy, starting with corn, and they believe me. Good. <laughs> yes. So that about wraps up our episode for today. Yeah. Ooh, I feel a little better having tricked all of you and then won successfully. Uh, couldn't couldn't trick the district ninth district to vote for me, but you know. <laughs> Got you guys to do it. <laughs> this is like a self-deprecating episode for me. Yeah, um, trick them into you know voting for their own best interests. Tricked you, gotcha. You got healthcare now. Yeah. Bam, Surprise. take it away. Secret advocate. <laughs> Surprise! The planet's not dying anymore. You're welcome. Uh, so yes, uh, absolutely check out wholewashington.org. They're an amazing organization. Georgia Davenport heads them. We only got corn because of them. Hey. Um, they do a ton of good works in. They the, incubated her. 
They incubated her. They hatched her, and she became the beautiful corny fly she is now. Gen Nye is involved, and I ran into our friends from the Red Berets Medicare for All. Yeah, Red Berets Medicare for All. They are nationwide now, which is great. Um, So we are, yeah, we're about ready to wrap up. Other than that, I mean, we said it earlier. We talked about what it means to be involved in the Democratic Party in your state, in your county, on a local level. Find out if what your precincts are. Run for one of those those offices. They sound really boring and small, but let me tell you, they are huge, and they have ripple effects all the way up to the top of your state party and the state party chair is only there because of the PCOs at the bottom so being somebody that is willing to jump into the fray and do that work you can change the entire face of your party by doing it and if you have questions let us know we'd be happy to look into what this certain system is for your state and help you navigate that because Mm -hmm. it is overwhelming but it really is worth it well the good news is if it's a state that has people doing political action of any kind we'll know them Uh, We are connected through a lot of different groups. Um, But I also want to say thanks a lot for the feedback that you have given um, on our various distribution um, sites. We're we're listening. And as a matter of fact, I'm spending some time. Four episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast have been curated for me as a result of my negative feedback on (laughs) Joe Rogan. So I'm giving him a chance and I'm going to listen because I think that's important. Now, I don't know what I'll come back with, but we'll talk. Who knows? I want to listen to four hours of him interviewing Joe or Alex Jones. So maybe that's a thing that we listen to. <laughs> but this Nobody is, I mean, <laughs> thanks you guys for being here and listening to this episode of the Better Left Podcast. We are going to be coming out with another episode and we do have Sheree. She is coming on for our fourth episode, which I'm very excited about. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff. So tune in. Don't miss it. And we're uh, reaching out to folks in the community because sometimes it's better left to you. 